It's Josephine here, your performing arts business coach, speaker, talent manager, and mentor. Today, I am joined by Amy Bett. Now, Amy reached out. She uh, wanted to, you know, come on business arts and all that jazz, which was so amazing because Amy is a profit first professional, which is so cool because I am a profit first fan. Now, if you don't know what that is, you are going to find out in this episode, but essentially there's a range of books and a profit first philosophy uh, that was created by a guy called Mike Michalowicz. And I'm a big fan. I've read all the books. Like I've said, like literally all of the books and uh, I follow profit first. So when Amy says she was a profit first professional, I was like, yes, I need to have her on because I think that more creatives need to get involved in this idea idea of putting profit first and actually learn how to do that. So this is really cool. Now, Amy is the founder of Lady Without Limits. Like I mentioned, she's a profit first professional and also the co-host of the Lady Without Limits podcast. Uh, Amy failed in her first business because of a cash flow problem. Now, we're going to talk about cash flow a lot in this episode, and this is major. This is really important for all of those creative businesses, those studio owners out there, you know, we, we tend to put passion first, not profit first. So let's talk about how we can put profit first and how we can really review our cash flow and, and keep it stable so that we can keep our doors open, right? Um, now, she learned that more than 80% of business owners who don't succeed, don't succeed because of a cash flow problem, okay? Now, she set out on a mission to reverse that awful statistic. Now, as a profit-first professional, Amy discovered the only two numbers that matter in business and the formula for actually reaching financial freedom. Now, we are going to talk about the only two numbers that matter in your business in this episode. So stay tuned for that. And it's not rocket science, guys. Honestly, this is simple stuff once you wrap your head around it. So yeah, we're going to be talking numbers. Don't, don't be scared. Don't run off just yet. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode, okay? Now, we're going to be also talking about how to effectively manage money and master that money mindset. Now, she's walking the talk and documenting her journey of creating her beverage brand with these financial principles. So she's also got that in the loop as well, which is really cool. So she's diversifying those businesses and that income, which we love to see. Uh, she's a wife. She's a mother. And she lives in Victoria in Australia here. So, you know, but she's actually recording this episode from the US. So we talk about that as well. Look, Amy is a lovely person. Um, I'm so happy that uh, we've had the opportunity to connect. And I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. It's time to wrap your head around your numbers in a way that's simple. Okay, guys, uh, in a way that is going to help you improve your cash flow and really think about those numbers in your business, okay? So let's do it. Let's jump in with Amy Beck. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lankuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line, to then living paycheck to paycheck, to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion, and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. 
I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Are you a studio owner who is looking to grow your studio business? Here's how I can help you. I would love to reduce the overwhelm and grow your studio with ease and confidence. Now, if you want to stand out from the rest and gain access to practical resources, support and easy to use templates that will save you 100 plus hours in time and brain power, then leap into my brand new shop. Head to josephinelancuba.com forward slash store to find great resources, including downloadable checklists, how-to guides, template contracts, coaching services, and more. Link is in the show notes. Head to my shop today. Hello, hello, Amy, Bet. Welcome to Business Arts and All That Jazz. Thanks so much for coming onto the show. My goodness, Josephine, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, now you're from Victoria, if I got that right, Victoria, Australia, but where are you now in the world? Because we had a little quick chat before we started. Tell us about that. Where are you now? Yeah, sure. So I live in Bowen Heads in Victoria. So you're right. And it's so cold at home right now, my husband told me, but I'm actually in Los Angeles. I'm here for a couple of weeks. So I have um, another business, which is a beverage brand that we're launching over here in the next two weeks. So I'm here kind of busy on the ground, getting all of that set up. Yeah. Wow. So busy. And I love that you, you know, because you've obviously got this, you know, this money coaching, this business consulting that you run, but then you've got beverages. So <laughs> I know. diversified there, but let's, let's um, take a step back and talk about your background and how you found yourself talking and teaching money. Yeah. So it's not your typical background story when it comes to coaching in finance. I actually became a business owner basically out of necessity. I used to work for the Cotton On Foundation um, and I was organizing charity fund runs all around Australia. And my husband actually worked for Cotton On as well. But unfortunately, just as I was about to go on maternity leave, he suffered a brain injury that ended his corporate career. So we're going from real, true, really stable incomes to no income, really. Like I was getting a bit of government maternity leave, but that was going to be it for us. And so because he wasn't going to be well enough to take care of our baby, I knew that I needed a solution really quickly and going back and um, into that job wasn't going to work because I traveled all of the time. Um, so I decided that I could use my skill set in corporate event management and start my own business. And do you know what? I was really lucky that it took off really quickly. And I was, you know, before you knew it, I was organizing events for, well, Cotton On started contracting me, which was so nice. I also was, was organizing events for the Country Road Group and David Jones and lots of those kind of big retailers and corporate um, companies that you've heard of. Um, and you know what? I was really, really good at organizing those events. They were fantastic. But behind the scenes, I quickly realized that it's very different managing business finances than it is, you know, managing a multi-million dollar corporate budget. I went from huge dollars that I had access to to really bootstrapping it. But then there was yeah. also these other things involved like paying your own taxes and, you know, hiring your own staff and 
their taxes and their insurances and really understanding how much to charge for events to make it worthwhile and inconsistent income. So we might get $30,000 in the bank account, but then I might not get paid again for a few months time. So all of these things that just really derailed me and I couldn't seem to find the answers. I'd call my accountant and say, look, we're profitable on the profit and loss report, but there's no money in my bank account. What's going on? And I couldn't really seem to get my head around it or get any answers that helped me to manage the cash flow efficiently. So yeah, it was it was really difficult at that time because I felt like I was really good at what I did, but I felt awful as a business owner. I was like, I obviously just don't have what it takes. And do you know what I found out after I decided to close the business? I closed the business after three years in operation. I could have kept going, but I was just constantly stressed. I'm like, I'm never I, I didn't see a solution there. But I found out when I closed the business that more than 80% of business owners who do fail, it's because of a cash flow problem. And that surprised me at the time. And I guess in a way, it made me feel a little bit relieved because I'm like, I'm obviously not the only one that's not getting this. Um, But it did take a while. I knew I wanted to remain a business owner because I guess I got a taste of that income, you know, unlimited income possibility and also time freedom. I loved being able to be at home with my babies. So I knew that I needed to find a solution. So it wasn't until I actually came across a Profit First book myself by Mark Michalowicz and read that and like got an eye-opener that there is a better way to handle your cash flow. He explains it. For anyone that's read the Profit First book before, I just found that he explained it in really simple terms that business owners understand. And so I went and implemented it into my business. I just started doing a bit of... um consulting what and I got a part-time job while I was figuring myself out and sorting out what I do but um yeah I decided to implement into my business and it worked straight away and then I felt like an unstoppable business owner I felt like okay I'm good at a service but also I can now handle cash flow and after conversations with lots of friends and fellow colleagues in the industry I found out that there were just so many people struggling and it just a fire in me to then become a profit first professional um with Profit First Australia, and really teach other business owners how to sort out their cash flow because yeah, it's so stressful. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Um, you've just said so. I'm like firing right now. I'm like, oh my god, that I got to talk about that bit. I got to talk about <laughs> right because first of all, uh, the people listening to this show are typically creatives. A lot of people are in you know the dance, performing arts industry, and run performing arts businesses studio businesses and when you come from a creative arts background there's so much passion and love for what you do but what tends to happen is we forget um and you know and I talk we is in a collective of creatives right uh that it is actually a business and that we can't just do it for the love like love is great but love only gets you so far and then it can become resentment when you're bootstrapping, like you say, and a lot of studio owners are bootstrapping and they're small businesses. And then, you know, two years in and you're not even paying yourself a wage. And and I've coached a lot of business owners and studio owners that are not paying themselves any superannuation or retirement funds. They don't have a wage that is set um, for themselves Uh, They prioritise everything else 
but not profit. And I'm a huge fan of the profit first philosophy. And, and for anyone listening, Mike McCallowitz or Mike McCallowitz, however you pronounce it, um, he's got a series of books where he basically talks about um, identifying, you know, profit and how to make that a priority in your business. And, and, and I suppose splitting up the buckets in your business, right? The percentages of allocation of what goes to what, right? That's essentially the system. Um, and I know you can explain that way better because you're a profit first professional, but you know, cash flow is a major issue. And I've seen a lot of studios post COVID crumble and burn and close down. So talk about a little bit about what exactly do you mean by profit first? Because I think uh, for anyone listening that's read the books will get it. But for anyone that hasn't, they really just won't know what we're talking about. So I want to get that out of the way so that we can, you know, talk about that just a little bit. But yeah, what is profit first? What's the philosophy there? Yeah, sure. So the biggest reason that people struggle with cash flow is because they don't have great visibility about their finances. And one of the biggest reasons for that is if they're trading and they're just using one or two bank accounts, all of their cash flow is lumped into one bank account. And it often gives us this false sense of security that, okay, there's money sitting there, so I've got money to spend. But what ends up happening is particularly if we're not looking at our financial reports all the time, it's really difficult to understand how much of that money that's in the bank account needs to be paid in taxes and how much we should pay ourselves and what is profit and how much should be in expenses, right? So it just is this big muddle of confusion. And what ends up happening is we overspend and we spend the tax and we spend the owner's pay and we spend the profit and we're left over with nothing in the end. So what Profit First actually is, it's a cash flow method that separates all of your cash flow into the five main categories that all business owners are responsible to take care of, which is your profit, and mm -hmm. we're going to talk a lot about profit, but owner's pay, taxes, operating expenses, and or then there's an income account as well. So the four main categories though, outside of your income is profit, owner's pay, taxes, and operating expenses. Yeah. Okay. So we all have to take care of those things. So really what we do is we do a cash flow analysis on the business to understand how our business is performing. And then we work out how much money needs to go into each bank account. And by yeah. separating our cash flow out, we have really great visibility about one, how profitable we are. And if we're charging enough for you know, our performances and for our services. But two, we understand pretty quickly if our expenses are not allowing us to pay ourselves and if there's not enough money for tax at the end of the day. So we get to become empowered business owners and really fix any of those problems in our business and actually make profit. Yeah. And you know what? I follow this system. So like I said, I'm a big fan um, of the profit first philosophy. I've been following this system for a couple of years now and it's been a, it's been life changing. Um, I actually also, uh, you know, when in doubt, open an account, right? So yeah. I actually have an extra account and that is where I hold my um, wages as well. So what I, I found was that, you know, I was muddling the wages up in my operational expenses. And then when it came to paying staff, I was like, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm still short. So then I thought, no, I need to open up another bank account. And essentially what you're saying is true. The money comes in and then you have percentages of where you're going to distribute into the accounts. And they're essentially just holding accounts, right? So you're holding the money there for when it's time to pay the wages or the rent or the 
whatever. So yeah, I, I found that very, very helpful. And um, to be honest, it's a lifesaver, especially when it comes to taxes. Because now, I mean, I was speaking to a studio and a friend just a few months ago. And um, yeah, they've got you know, tax bills that are just out of control. Um, another friend of mine had a, and this was a totally different business, a mechanic business, and they ended up losing their house because he hadn't provisioned for taxes for the last couple of years and ended up, um, you know, in a really bad spot. So they had to sell their home um, to pay back the tax man, right? So <laughs> it's common. a serious I can't tell thing. you how common it is. It's so serious. And a lot of the time, Again, because we're not separating out our cash flow. When I look at, I do a lot of cash flow analysis. I probably do five a week on different businesses, and some are multi-million dollar businesses, some are startups, right? And there's a huge misconception as as you make more money, you're going to have more money to spend, and everything's going to be okay. But what actually happens is expenses keep rising as yes. our income does, and it's and you know it, it's unless you unless you have that financial visibility and you know that you're charging enough and all those things, it's so easy to get caught out and then, you know, feel like there's no money left in the business. So you start spending the tax and it just becomes this really, really vicious cycle. And a lot of people as well feel really confused by taxes. So yeah, the numbers don't lie. When you do, when you work on percentages and you do a cash flow analysis, and you can do that in 15 minutes. It's not some difficult process. It's going to take a long time, um, but it's going to just really give you that proper visibility to show you what's actually happening so that you can make sure that you're charging enough for tax and then you're putting it aside so you're not getting those awful tax bills at the end of every quarter. Yeah, and it's as simple as, you know, if that money comes in, you know, let's say, and I'm making up a number, guys, this is not the number, but let's say 10% of that goes to tax. You go, right, $1,000 came in, 100 of that's going to go holding in my tax account. And when the tax bill comes, I will use that $100 at the time, right? That's all it is. It's a simple process. I love that. Big fan. Um, now, I wanted to talk to you today, and this really intrigued me, <laughs> one of your suggested topics, which I love, the only two numbers that matter in your business. Amy, what what are we talking about? What are the two numbers? I am so interested to find out. <laughs> really funny because it's very simple. It's literally cash in and cash out. Money that comes yeah. into your bank account and money that goes out of your bank account. We need to know what those two numbers are at any one time. I don't know, and I'm sure you come across this with the work that you do in your clients, but how many business owners do you talk about that say that they don't actually even know how much they're earning and they don't know how much they're spending? Is that a common thing for you? Yes. And I've got um, people that literally, like if I say how many clients, do, like how many students do you have in your studio? They actually don't even know. Like they're just not, there's no metrics. There's no, um, there's no keeping of metrics. And actually that's something that I train to my clients as well, because we need to know our numbers. We need to know how many students, what's the average spend per student? How, how much does that equate to in our actual bank account? Like the actual numbers that are coming in each month. How many of those people default on payments? Like what can we expect? You know, because you've got to consider those things too. Like if 5% of your clients never pay you on time, then you need to say, well, we can't pay that bill by that date if we, if we don't have that 5%, you know. And that's probably getting a little bit too complex and I know Profit First is a lot more simpler than that at times. But, yeah, definitely we've got those issues. No, numbers is 
but everything and understanding the churn rate and the people that are defaulting is going to help you to do projections really well. But when I'm talking about cash coming in and out, you said you said the magic word there. You said averages. Okay. What tricks people and what makes cash flow confusing is when they have higher months, then lower months, then higher months, and then lower months, they find it really difficult to understand how they're actually performing. Right. They're like, mm. I don't know how much I earn because one month it's fifteen thousand, the next month it's seven thousand, and then the next month it's twenty thousand. I just it's really hard to keep track of what's going on. But the magic is averages. So what we need to do is find out over that time period, say it's six months. In the last six months, what was the average income every month that I earned? And what was the average expenses that I made every month? And it's a really simple ca- calculation to simplify it. You literally just look at the total revenue over that six months and divide it by six. You're dividing it by the amount of months that you're looking at. And that's going to tell you on average. And then you do the same thing for your expenses. And then you can pretty quickly see how much of your revenue is expenses. And if it's getting up to, you know, the 60, 70%, you're going to see very quickly that it's going to be very hard to do things like pay your taxes and pay yourself and have a profit in the business because those expenses are just too high. I see businesses regularly that their expenses are 80% of their revenue and they didn't know. Mm. And what does someone do? So let's say, okay, they've done the maths and they've gone, oh, wow, now I know there is not enough money to pay myself in this business, okay? Let's say that's the reality of the situation. And, oh, goodness, the amount of money I'm spending means that I can't actually pay myself, you know, retirement funds or superannuation or a wage. So then what? what? What's How do you move forward from that sort of conclusion? Because that's actually the truth of it, you know? Exactly, totally. Well, there's a few things that you can do. And the biggest thing you need to do is act quickly, particularly while you're fired up and you've got this knowledge because clarity is awesome and it usually brings a bit of a relief because it can bring some action plans, okay? So the first thing is are you spending on any unnecessary expenses? Like that's the easiest thing to do. So go and look at those expenses and say, do I have five subscriptions that I'm not using? Or could I get a better deal on some of those expenses? Is my rent too high for what I'm, um, for the income that I'm bringing in? But firstly, we want to look at where's the low hanging fruit? Where can we cut expenses that aren't necessary in the business? The second thing is looking at your pricing. It seems obvious, but are you actually charging enough? If, if there's not any expenses that you can cut and you're really going, no, I'm only paying for the absolute necessities, then it's obvious that you're not charging enough and you're going to have to go and increase your prices to make it worthwhile. Or can you negotiate deals with suppliers? It dep- In your industry, you wouldn't have any deposits being paid, would you? It would just be paying per service. How does it work with your industry? Deposits for what? Like as in when someone comes as a client? Yeah. Yeah, no. They would definitely just pay as they come. So they may pay by term, by month. You know, it's like you're going to the gym or you're going, you're enrolling your child into a, you know, a whatever, a karate class, that kind of thing. Yeah, perfect. Okay. So, well, the other thing is do you, uh, if you can't increase your prices, you need to focus on marketing. You've got a capacity problem. So how do we actually get more people in the door to make it worthwhile. It's it's usually those three things, marketing, increase your prices, cut expenses. 
Yeah, and actually I've done a cull um, this year, at the beginning of this year, um, I did a major um, financial review on my business and we cut costs big time. Um, so everywhere from, like you said, I, I scanned through my bank statements and because I don't, I, I have a bookkeeper, I have a, an accountant, so I don't typically, I'm not always on the pulse of every single thing. And then I found like a couple of even just small hanging fruit subscriptions, like Audible, for example. I'm like, I don't even, I haven't listened to Audible in, you know, whatever. And it might only be 20 bucks a month, but why am I paying it? You know, um, things like that. And then there were bigger things where I found that we were, um, my administration support was hiring our space 30 minutes more than we needed to each Saturday and we were paying extra hire fees that we didn't need to per month um, which equated to two hours of hire which was you know about a hundred dollars a month and then I found and you just keep finding and finding um, you know I, I replaced we had a couple of staff members move on that were assistant teacher roles and I thought do we need to have high level assistance or can we get a junior in at half the price I got a junior in as an assistant, works beautifully. She does great in the space. We still have our lead coach on that site, slashed our um, employment, you know, employee um, fees. So, you know, there is so much you can do. Uh, You just need to take the time to look, which I agree. And the thing, though, is taking that time, people don't prioritise it. How important is that, you know? It is so important. We really need to be looking and. the way that I teach the profit first method is to actually do your allocations every week because when we're when we've got our mind in the money, we're actually seeing what's going on more regularly, and it's creating those great money habits. And it doesn't mean you've got to be sitting at the computer for hours looking at your money. It takes fifteen minutes, fifteen minutes every Friday. Do your transfers. Look at your bank accounts. How's cash flow feeling? Um, and do I have what I need to to get through for the next week? That's going to be really, really helpful. Now, you said something great there about, you know, staff members, the biggest killer, I hate that word, but the biggest killer that I find in businesses is staff wages are really high. I Mm -hmm. I see that so often. So obviously we need to have team members to help us to run our business. So I'm not saying don't have staff, but find those efficiencies. Do you have team members on for longer than you need to? As you said, can you have junior assistants versus senior assistants? Where are those efficiencies? Because it's going to make a huge difference to your bottom line. And I think if we can just think about it this way, I'm the business owner. As the business owner, the two things that you are most responsible for outside of delivering a great service, obviously, is marketing. So bringing money into the business and managing the cash flow. Those two are so important as the business owner because at the end of the day, if you're not putting a focus and attention into your money, unfortunately, I told you the percentage of businesses that fail, um, there might not be a business. And I don't sound that to sound say that to sound scary, but money's so important in the business. So we need to be taking it seriously so that we can do the thing that we love and we can serve the people because I know creatives, they're the best people in the world, right? They have the biggest hearts and they 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 entertain and they just deliver incredible things in this world. So we can't lose that. We really need that. So we yeah. really need our creatives. We to do, we money. do, Amy. 
they're, they're fabulous, creative to the best type of people. And I guess the thing that I'm here to tell you is it's actually not hard to manage your cash flow. Like you, it doesn't, it's not hard to set up a cash flow system in your business. I can help people do it in a week. Like you can have it all set up in a week. Your bank accounts these days don't take long to, to open up. So mm-hmm. you can have this down. You can learn the system in one week. I think people think that they've got to learn a finance degree. Trust me, if I can do it, you can do it. That's and- what I liked about the profit system, actually, um, because I found that um, I didn't need any of that. It's basically, you know, it's just keeping in touch with your business, allocating the funds into the bank accounts that you've opened, yeah, and then just following that process and being committed to the process. You exactly. Know? Yeah, well, the, I guess the good thing about having multiple bank accounts and when you are allocating your money, if there's no money in the bank account, you have to do your allocations. So it does help you to be consistent because the money will be in your income account and you've got to actually do the transfers once a week. But as I said, that takes 10 minutes. The other thing that I really stress is if you're a business owner, please have accounting software. A lot of creatives that I know don't have accounting software and they think, oh, I'll do it one day. But I promise you it's going to just help you so much it's going to clear so much confusion and make you so organized and i can teach people how to download their reports and have full visibility over their business in literally 15 minutes and you only need to do that every three months so imagine not having to rely on accountants or bookkeepers to tell you how profitable you are or what's going on you as a business owner can open up your zero or your software download the reports quickly work out your averages in a 15-minute period and have complete clarity about how things are going. Imagine how much better your business would be running if you had that um, empowerment mm. about your finances. Yeah, I love that so much. Okay, cool. So what about um, in relation to the cash flow when we talk about getting in control of that? What's the very first step? Like what's the first thing someone should do if they want to get control of their cash flow in their business? The first step is having that awareness. So they need to do a cash flow analysis and understand what their what their business is currently doing. So what is their average income? What is their average expenses? Are they putting money aside for taxes? What what are they paying themselves at the moment? Because when they have that awareness and they know what's going on, then they can take the action. They can open up their bank accounts, but then they can actually do what needs to happen to get in a better financial position, whether that is focusing on marketing or increasing prices or cutting expenses. They can't really do much of that if they don't really know what's going on. And the best thing is the numbers don't lie. Mm. When you have it split out in those categories, those four or five categories, whichever bank accounts, I love that you have a separate employee account, by the way, that is so smart and a lot of businesses that do that feel so much more secure I knowing do. that staff wages are in a yeah. separate account. So that's really smart. And so if you have employee wages, um, anyone listening, it's a really good idea to open that extra bank account for your employees as well. But um, when you're looking at those percentages broken down, you're going to instantly see where the bottleneck is in your business. And it may be that the expenses are too high but it might also be that, you know, you just see straight away that you're not charging enough or you're not bringing enough revenue in the door. So it's just going to give you that complete awareness. Or even just giving away too much for what you serve. So, for example, um, one of the cut, the cost cuttings that we did this year was we used to, because we're a membership model, most studios aren't, but we are a monthly membership, direct debit membership. You get inclusions Brilliant. in the monthly membership, right? It's like a subscription almost. 
And um, what we did was we used to have included that every student would get one free virtual singing lesson, private singing lesson online with one of our coaches through our online booking system um, per term as part of their membership, right? So a term is 10 weeks. But what was happening was because it was a free inclusion, students weren't showing up. I was still having to pay the coaches, the software. We had more coaches than we need on the software. You had to pay per head on the software, like all this stuff. And I thought some people are using it, but most people aren't. And those that are are taking the mickey out of the service because it's an inclusion and they're not showing up and I'm just out of pocket. Yep. So is this even valuable? So we decided to scrap the free inclusion, which cost me money. Um, And honestly, no one blinked an eye. Then we then we increased the prices of that service. So it was a so now you can upgrade your membership to include that service at a price. And people have opted into that. But those people are serious and they show up and they want to be there and they're paying for it. So, you know, it's about those free inclusions as well. It could be, for example, as a studio owner listening, you might say you get a free costume with this class or you get free um, workshops in the school holidays with this blah, blah, blah. But is the value there? Do people view that as valuable and what is that costing you? If it's valuable and it's retaining your students and clients, great. Yep. But half the time you got to really question it. Like do people even want what you're offering them that's costing you money, you know? Exactly. The quality of the leotard doesn't matter. Does it have to be, you know, French satin, you know? <laughs> like yes. you know, is that important, you know? Yep. I can tell you, obviously we know that cost of living has gone up so much across the board everywhere. And in the space that I'm in, I'm listening to a lot of investors, a lot of big global VCs and what they're teaching at the moment. The biggest thing that they're telling us is cash is king more than ever before. We need to be running efficiently. And that means looking at those things like the quality of the leotards. It's, it's, you know, getting cutthroat almost. And it's not going to be forever. I, I, I don't want to spread a message of fear to people, but we can't be operating like we were two years ago because the fact is things have just changed and they've changed quickly. They've changed slowly. Sometimes people don't even notice how much extra they're paying out because it just kind of happens and you've got your direct everything set up. Like it just happens. So it's so important to look at new efficiencies. And as you just said, analyze all of your services and going, what am I offering? What's being, you know, used properly? What can I cut? And what can we, what, what else can we offer? Because it could also be that you can add in an extra income stream very easily and quickly that's not going to cost you too much money. For example, you said costumes. Maybe you can, if you're not selling costumes, you can sell costumes and and add in a different revenue stream. There's lots of creative ways. The best thing is we're talking to creative people here who do best with creative ideas, which is amazing. So um, so I'm sure that there's some incredible things that you can implement right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually on the costume note, some people don't, you know, I've come across this in a lot of um, Facebook forums, people saying that costumes are so expensive that they're not doing a markup because they feel bad to charge the parent X amount of dollars for the costume. So my question is, if it's too expensive, choose a different costume. Like yep. Exactly. <laughs> You don't have to get that costume. I mean, we actually did a saving um, this season because we're doing a show that requires street clothes rather than fantasy. We do musical theatre. So, you know, think of it like um, Camp Rock versus The Little Mermaid, right? The Little Mermaid is very featured and I need someone to make those costumes because I can't do it. 
For Camp Rock, they're, they're at a campsite wearing street clothes. We actually have those costumes in stock. I think I saved nearly $4,000 just by using the stock we had and not hiring our costume director this season. Wow. Yes, it was a little bit extra work for me. And I have to admit, fitting costumes yesterday, which I haven't done in years, I did go, <laughs> I miss her so much. <laughs> but you know what? It was a few thousand dollars. And I thought, you know what? We really, it's silly. Like we have the costumes. If I can just put in two hours each site, I've only got four sites. So that's eight hours of my time over the next week, we can save $4,000. It's amazing. And I'm like, eight hours, $4,000, that's actually a really good use of my time. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like that's a 1000 what was it, eight hours, $500 an hour. Yes, and I thought that's actually a good use of my time, you know, so that's what we decided to do. But, yeah, it's about weighing it up. And sometimes it's not worth your time. That's the other bit, right? So some, if, if you're going to be there for weeks on end, then, for goodness sakes, get some help because then you're taking yourself away from the marketing and the cash-in activities, which we talked about. But, yeah, yeah, I love that so much. Um, now, it wasn't always this way for you, right? So let's not, um, I, guys, I want everyone to know that Amy's not saying she's come in on, you know, some golden horse and said, I have all the answers. Um, oh apparently, God, no. from what I've read, you've actually had your own failed businesses in the past. Let, let's tell our listeners about that. Yeah, look, it's really hard. It's really hard to fail in a business. I just got to a point where I was like, I can't keep going on like this because I'm not making enough money to make it worthwhile. But at the time, I didn't know how to get myself out, out of that situation. I didn't know how to what I needed to charge to make it worthwhile. I didn't know about averages at the time. And to be honest, I wasn't getting any great answers. So the shame that I felt, um, even though nobody around me cares, I, I, everyone just wants the best for you. But I just felt so sad and just I felt a lot of shame about failing in that business. So if I had, if you know, if I back then, thinking about back then, if I could have looked into the future now and see that I'm teaching numbers to multi-million dollar businesses, right, I would have like never, ever, ever believed it. That's how much I did not feel confident with numbers. But the best part about it is you don't need to be incredible at numbers. You just need a couple of different simple processes and put those in place. And it's going to take care of the finances. And it doesn't mean the the biggest misconception that I find is that people think they're going to put profit first in their business, open up their bank accounts, work out the numbers, and then a magic fairy is going to come in and wave them on and it's all going to be okay. It's not like that if you don't have money coming in to fill up those bank accounts, right? So the balance of marketing and cash flow are both so important, but by having a cash flow system set up and having that visibility, you're going to know exactly what you need to do to be an efficient business owner to bring that money in and then the wheels are just going to really turn nicely. The yeah. best, because of my situation, I used to get tax payment plans all the time and I just did not know how I was going to pay them and it was just so horrible. So when people tell me that they had tax sitting in their bank account for the very first time ever, I literally cry because I remember the feelings of how awful that was. And for some people, that's just that first step. They're like, okay, I just need to have the tax waiting there so that I'm not, you know, taken back 10 steps every quarter. I just get ahead and then I'm taken back 10 steps. So you can start slowly, but let's just set some goals in place and think what it would look like to have a successful business. What does it actually look like? Let's get clear on that. And then let's set up some processes to make that happen. 
Yeah, I love that so much. Thank you. Um, before we wrap up today, I want to ask you a couple of questions that I ask all my guests, and that is, who or what inspires you? Oh, that's a really good question. Who or what inspires me? Now, there's a guy that inspires me a lot um, in business. I'm not sure that you would know him necessarily. His name's Russell Brunson. Have you ever heard of him before? I continue. Okay. I'm interested. Okay, so he is the founder of ClickFunnels, which is a software, but he's so much more than that. It's an online course software, and he actually teaches memberships and subscriptions within that. So um, you might be interested with the, your business model, but above what he does, what I love about him is he's a family. He's a family man. And he teaches entrepreneurs all over the world how to be successful in business. And I've been to his conference in um, Florida. I went last year and I just loved everything about his values and the way that he operates in business. He was there to truly serve, but I also loved that he was, he, he recognizes that to be able to serve, you need to be making money and you need to be, you know, serving from that place where it's energy in energy out so i give energy in the amazing services that i do and i also get energy back for the amazing services that i give it's a flow of energy and that really inspired me and i can imagine that some creatives that you have listening to this podcast it would also inspire because as you said we often just want to give our services away because because we're so naturally talented often we don't put enough value in what we do and the only way that we can be our true potential and to, you know, give as much as we possibly can is to actually reap the benefits and to have money coming in. And because when when amazing people have money, they can do better things. So I just find that totally. so inspiring. And he just taught me that lesson. Yeah. And we've got a lot of women in this industry as well. And, you know, I find that we need more women with finances behind them to do good things in the world we do yeah. really really do even if it's at a, at a community level you know being able to make an impact in your local community or you know sky's the limit but even even just being able to make a change within your own you know place that you love and live is is so important you know, and so we need more women in business. We need more creatives. We need more of us in our industry with finances in our pockets so that we can make an impact in this world. And I think that's really important. Um, so if someone wants to find you, Amy, where can they go? Sure. So it's pretty simple. My website is amybet.com. So A-M-Y-B-E-T-T.com. And on that website, you'll find everything there is about me really, but there's a free masterclass on there for you. And I basically take you through the the four steps of setting up a cash flow system in your business. And I've been told lots of times that it's a really, really informative and easy to understand masterclass. So if you really want to learn more about how to set up profit first in your business and get that cash flow visibility, I highly suggest that you go ahead and watch that masterclass because it's going to give you a, you know, a really big insight in the steps and what you need to do to get set up correctly quickly. Okay, awesome. And we'll put a link in the show notes for everyone as well. Uh, so what's next for you? Have you got anything on the horizon? Yeah. So with Lady Without Limits, we're just really doing what we're doing right now. I don't have any plans to offer other services because I really just love the service that we offer and I can give as much as I can to that and help business owners to get that cash flow system set up. But on the other side, I've got Mellow, which is a sparkling carver beverage drink. So it's a non-alcoholic beverage 
basically that allows you to take the edge off without the hangover and it's um it tastes really good i don't know if you've ever tried kava before from the pacific islands right beautiful i love that so much it's such a diverse thing though that you've gone from finance to beverages (laughs) not weird it was just like one of those stars aligned moments when mallow came into my life i never ever thought that i would step into that space but i think for me it, it came from a pain point of being sick of drinking alcohol and feeling crappy uh, mm. not that i you know i'm an alcoholic by any stretch but even a few drinks on the weekend now just makes you feel so groggy and it just is this vicious cycle and so when um one of my friends came to me and they own a carver farm in vanuatu i was like wow. this product needs to needs to get to the world so we've been working on that behind the scenes for the last year and yeah we're about to launch it in Yay. the u.s which is really exciting yeah Yay, that's so exciting. I'm excited to walk the talk with this business and show people how you can actually use Profit First to set up the business from the start and actually use the principles in this business and then, you know, give examples on my social media and everything just so that it's, you know, it, it's easy for people to see examples. Okay, awesome. Well, like I said, we'll put a link in the show notes for everyone to find you. Thanks again, Amy, for being on the show. It was really like I just loved it. Like, I love this topic so much and I think we need to be talking about money more. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephinelancuba.com and you can find me on socials. I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World. And you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuba.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening.